Okay, we'll start with a nice one. Pass the yaita. Finder pinchas lekaritza. Imer pinchas, a very interesting word. Maybe it would have been more appropriate to say it in Yiddish class because most people listening to the Yiddish class probably have more derecheres for the pinchas lekaritza. But uh, you know, the pinchas lekaritza is a word that Talmud Moshemtiv. So we're going to try to start off with that. Veruchel akura, right? Pass the yaita. You see, Ruchel didn't have children. So he said something very interesting. I'm going to say it word for word. It's in the new Imer pinchas. I think the only Emir Pinchas it's not even there. I'm not sure where it came from, actually. She says like this: Kshiesha Hava, when Ishle Ishto Yoisim Medai, when there's too much Ahava, when Ishle Ishto, the Haini, what does too much mean? Shlo Yaish Benayim Bishim Ais Shimakpuda. There's never any Akpuda between them. It never happens that there's any amount of, how do you say, Akpuda being upset, as he says in Yiddish, Abaizatin Zechamur. Right, just sometimes being upset about something, sometimes getting a little angry over something, just a little bit. If there's never any of that, then azay lepoumim himaniyas ha'hiluda. That could be a reason why they won't they won't be having children. You have a couple, right? You have Yankov and not having children. Sometimes not having children could come from the fact that there's never any amount of disagreement or fight or anything at all. Belich hazushum ketuta. He says not not a fight. I use the word fight. Not hazushum that they should be fighting over something. Right, having a meriva. Kigud lashul manish lishtak yidiya. It's more than important that there should be in between Benish Lishta, Kiyadiyah. Just at least once in a while getting angry over something. The Afghan Zoyz begins a mitzvah, even that has to be in the right time, in the right place, over a mitzvah, over something important. That could bring that they should be able to have children. He says the reason why they won't have children is because there's too much I have between them. Always everything good, something wrong. He says, Now, he brings it as if it's a Lushna Pusik, and it's not really accurate, the Lushna Pusik, in one Pusik, but, it's, but, the, but the Parsha does say it. When the Pusik is talking about Yanka Vini loving Ruchel, you see that Ruchel Akura didn't have children. You see later, Yanka Vini was angry at her, because the way she was complaining, but shortly afterwards she had a child. What do you see from that? When there's too much Ahava that he didn't have a child, when there, when there was a Yicharaf, they had a child. Now, I've also the Pinchas Lakarit, you know, it's, it's enough. Um, and, and it could be that there's a much deeper meaning into this, you know, just because not everything we understand, how it worked, but mass over similar And maybe there's something we could learn from this. Now, I don't think we should learn that uh, whoever's having Shulam should go home and start fighting once in a while just to have either more children or whatever, or whatever they're looking for. But what, what, what I think that, that we could relate to on a simple and practical level, something I spoke about. Very many times, just recently I gave the Shia Bakaftuni about revealing secrets to the ultimate marriage. And one of the secrets that I spoke about there was, uh, you could all, maybe you've seen it, um, was a, a, a secret that, that it's normal to sometimes have disagreements and even a small little argument or fight over something. And it's not normal to be consistently fighting and arguing with each other. And I was explaining over there that, you know, sometimes people have these little disagreements or things and they say, oh, what's the problem? We're not getting along. No, that's normal. On the other hand, you have people who don't get along, on, uh, you know, generally don't get along, and they think, oh, it's fine, everyone fights, it's a, that's, how, that's how it is in marriage. No, that's also a mistake. Now, over here, you know, I, I didn't see the, I didn't see the shtickle from Imre Pinchas when I said it then, but it's much what he's saying. He's saying that there, should, there shouldn't, you know, it could be a problem if yesh benayim, if, if lo yesh benayim, b'shim ayesh shim akfuda, but then he says right away, lo yesh katuta, you're not looking to fight over here. Now, what I want to bring out is that sometimes, well, sometimes it's coming just from being unrealistic when people, you know, a few weeks after Chasna they have a small disagreement and they think it's terrible and what happened? That, that's not a mistake. It's not a mistake and people don't realize that they, I don't know why they, they had this uh, unrealistic expectation of always getting along. But sometimes you have people who 
always get along, right? And it's not coming from a healthy place. And this, this is just what I want to point out coming from this shtickle over here. Sometimes people who always get along, it's either coming from a certain self-nullification. In other words, somebody doesn't feel that they have the right to exist or the right to an opinion. And whatever my spouse wants goes. And sometimes that's coming just from being unhealthy. In other words, there's no reason for that. There's no reason for a person to assume that he doesn't have a right to an opinion or to want something or to express something. And when somebody is doing that because they simply feel they don't have the right to it, there's something very wrong about that. And in most cases, it doesn't make anyone happy. In other words, they won't be happy somewhere along the line. They won't be able to make someone else happy if you, you know, you're not a person, you have an opinion. So that's a problem. So there's always a certain amount of ahava, yoisim die, which means that you're always doing what someone else wants and never disagreeing. That could be, that could be very wrong. Sometimes it's coming from somebody being afraid to voice an opinion. Right? So I'll always do whatever my spouse wants, not because I like it or because I think it's the way it's supposed to be, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid to say what I want. I'm afraid of this, the disagreement. I'm afraid of what that's going to bring. That's also very no good. And usually it piles up a certain amount of res- resentment and, and it plots one day. That's, that's also no good. Then you have people who, in general, they, they're trying to bring themselves to actually want whatever their spouse wants. You want vanilla ice cream? I want vanilla ice cream. You like, you like going here for vacation? I like going here for vacation. You like this rug? I like this rug. Assuming that we're supposed to be like clones, we're supposed to be like copies of each other, right? That's what they have a initial ishtar, right? There's something called a have a yoisimedai. It's okay to be two separate people. It's okay to want two different things. It's okay to express whatever you want. It's okay to have a disagreement. And it's okay even if someone's not going to be happy about you voicing your opinion, as long as it's being ni- done nicely and with sensitivity. So, you know, with Hashem's help, we're not looking to fight. But just being a person and not being afraid to be a person, and not being afraid of the outcome of watching you and your spouse have a different idea about something, is something that's actually healthy and can bring about haluda and progress in the relationship. And then there's always the added dimension, which people hear about, not everyone likes to talk about, how after the fight and after the storm, sometimes there's a certain added dimension of of Ahava, the fact that we were able to um, get past the disagreement and forgive each other and get closer and, and be more open with each other going forward. You know, there's, there's something about that too. So there's always that, the added uh, benefit of obviously holding after the disagreement by the fact that we get a little closer than before. You know, somebody with a friend, uh, you know, somebody you don't know, you don't feel comfortable with, so you, you won't fight with them, you, you, you're, you're afraid of what's going to happen to the relationship. But over here, where you're really close, you could afford you know, to have that, that difficult moment because, you know, then we'll make up and we'll be even closer to each other and, and thank each other, forgive each other and ask forgiveness and all that for those who know how to do it the right way. Okay. So now I just want to, I'll read a question over here and um, address this. Okay, I gave a little preview on this when I spoke last week in Shavit uh, Alive in Williamsburg. Right, it was nice meeting a bunch of nice people over there and uh, those that came over and told me that they watch me. So I'm saying hello to all of them now. And I spoke a little about this question over there, and I'm just going to elaborate now. Okay, hi. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for your weekly shiurim. I listen to them every week, and I must acknowledge that it's changed my perspective on life. To always ask, what can, what can I do? Which I think you reiterate time and again. Okay, so first of all, thank you for the compliment. And yes, I always try to remind everyone that any situation you're dealing with, think about what can I do about the situation. Not, I'm dealing with someone crazy, what, what, are, what are they supposed to do? It's not about them. Okay, my question is as follows. We live next to my mother-in-law, and my wife has a few married sisters in town. Baruch we get along well with my mother-in-law and everyone else. Wow, that's very commendable. Okay, getting along with a shviga. These days, um, my mother-in-law has her favorite daughter, not my wife. And I understand feelings are feelings and not trying to change it. But my problem is at times she shows it quite blatantly, which is quite hurting. It bothers me more than my wife. The problem is my wife and myself agree if we were to speak to my mother-in-law about it for a short run, she would try it. But it wouldn't help. For example, she goes every Shabbos to visit that daughter and doesn't come to us. If we would mention that as an example, she would come the next week and say, see, I come to you, but that would probably be it. 
I may be wrong, but as I mentioned previously, it's both me and my wife are quite convinced that this is to be the case. Knowing her personality and having pre previously hinted to it with no outcome and fear it would go around the family, which would be uncomfortable, when, which happened when I hinted to it. Okay, so he's basically saying that he already tried to say something about it, maybe not clearly, but tried, and it just became the talk of town and it wasn't comfortable and didn't produce any results. I'm just, I'm just trying to explain what's going on here. Okay, so the question is what can I do that I shouldn't get so upset about it? which I'll be quite honest, it really does upset me many things. Okay, very good question. I'll talk about why it's such a good question in a moment. The situation basically is, my shriga has a favorite daughter, not my wife, it bothers me very much, what could I do to not be so upset about it? Dealing with it and trying to bring it to her attention is probably not going to bring about the results that, that I wanted to, so, so what do I do now? So the first thing I want to address, like I always take the liberty of talking to the other side of the, of the, of the story here, to the parents. And, you know, I didn't marry of children, so I always like giving that disclaimer when I talk to parents about married children. Okay. But I will say the following, Chazal say, Chazal tells us, and this is something that's, uh, that's um, relevant even to people who didn't, who still have young children at home, right? we should not favor one child over another, over another child. And Chazal telling it to us because it happens often, it's normal, that it, should be, that, that, that it could happen that way, as, as right or wrong as it is, it happens. And, and, and Chazal telling you, it's not that you shouldn't love one child more than the other, right? We'll talk about that soon, how you see that, that you know, even the Ovesak had that kind of uh, feeling sometimes. But you shouldn't make it too clear. In other words, you shouldn't, you shouldn't um, act upon it. If you, if you love one child more and you, and you make it obvious, it's going to be hurtful to the other children. Chazal teaching us that we should be careful about that. Now, sometimes people think that it's only when you have little kids at home. So you're giving out a, a, a donut, you give everyone the same donut. You know, Hanukkah party. Or you, you have a prize, let everyone have the same. Let everyone have the same quality time. Sometimes we marry off children, and then there's like, you know, this one's here and this one's there. So it's not so noticeable. And it is. Now I want to say something. I know that some parents will say, no, it's, not, it's totally natural, it's fabricated. My child thinks that I love this one more. My child thinks that because I gave that one a few more dollars to the chasna, when they, when, they made, when they married off or they made a simcha, it, goes to show, it doesn't go to show anything. That one's struggling more than this one. And I hear this often. I hear people coming back and saying, you know, I don't know why, my, my kids are taking it wrong. I'm saying, I talk to older people also, so they tell me these things. And my children are telling me that I favor this one more. That it could be. And very often it's taken wrong. It's not a question. But then again, everyone's too subjective to know the truth. In other words, both you might be too subjective to notice where you are favoring one child over another. And if your children are feeling it, then that's already a reason to take it seriously, even if you uh, disagree. And because maybe you are, maybe you don't even realize it. And then there's also the part about your child being too subjective to see it objectively, and he's feeling that way. So even if he's Emma's totally wrong, it's important to try to take his feelings seriously. The Lo Yom Lo Yishana is not just something about, well, well I'm doing mine, I, I don't know, he thinks I am, it's his mistake. You know, you try, it's because you don't want to cause any kind of rift or, or, or bad feelings. So it's not a question that this is definitely something parents should know, that children feel or think they feel a lot more than you think they do. And I hear this very often. I hear this very often from, um, from married um, children of parents saying that they feel that, you know, when, when my wife needed help after birth or, or, or for Yom Tov, whatever it was, or wasn't available, when the other one was available, it's very hurtful. So you just have to take it um, seriously sometimes and, and do things differently or at least, you know, maybe explain yourself or, you know, whatever. It's just something to take very seriously. Um, now back to the question. The question was worded, what can I do? So that, you know, like the question started, that's the, that's the best part of the question so far. What could I do? What could I do? I can't fix my shriga, but what could I do? But the second part of the question was, what can I do um, to be less upset? Okay? I'm bothered by something. I feel my trigger is not treating us the right way, let's call it. You know, this is just an example here, but it could be anywhere. What can I do about feeling less upset? Now, that's an amazing question. Because very often people will ask, what can I do to get my trigger to be nicer to my wife? 
What could I do to get this person to be less uh, abusive to me? And sometimes the question is, what could I do just to feel better? And that's, that's even a better question. Now, were the question to be, um, what could I do to get my mother-in-law to be more loving to my wife or to us in general? There, there might be an answer. I'll, I'll give you the simplest answer. Okay, and this is what I tell people very often when it comes to these kind of relationships. I see my wife has so much more time for her sister than for me. Right? You hear that often? Or my, my teenage daughter is more busy with her friend than, you know. Well, well there's an, the, the simple answer to the question is, uh, let's try to copy success. What is your wife's sister doing so well to make your wife want to give her so much time that you may not be doing? And very often there's an answer. Not always, but very often there's an answer. What's the answer? Well, she makes her feel good. She does her favors. She gives her attention. She thinks she's God's gift to mankind. Oh, well, maybe try that. Sometimes, imitating what someone else does might get you to, the better, to a better place. Now, maybe not. Maybe there's other things you could do. But think about it. Very often when you're competing with someone over a person, think about what's that person doing that you might not be doing. Now, in this case, for example, what's your sister-in-law doing that's making your mother-in-law want to go there every week that you may not be doing? Now, I know some people will say that, no, it's nothing, I don't see. Sometimes there's something to it. In other words, sometimes there's a certain amount of attention that she gives her mother, the other, the other daughter. Sometimes there's a certain amount of some attention that her kids give the, the grandmother. Sometimes there's a certain amount of attention she gives before she comes or after she comes. Or a certain amount of abuse she takes or a certain amount of criticism she tolerates. You don't know, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Maybe a whole week she's calling her mother, making her feel good, and asking her opinions, and your wife doesn't do that. And now, of course, Shabbat, she wants to go there and see you know, all the cakes that, she, that were baked with the recipes she gave. So there could be something to it. And it's just food for thought to always try to figure out what's that person doing right. You know, I, I, I tell this often to parents. Uh, my son is so disrespectful. In Haider, the Rebbe says he's fine, but at home, what's the Rebbe doing that's making your son feel so fine and behaving normally that you're not doing at home? Not always is it possible to copy, but sometimes it is. Now, the question wasn't that, and I want to prepare you. Sometimes um, you could try to copy the sister, and you won't be successful. Sometimes. Sometimes you just don't have what it takes. Not in a bad way. I mean, to say you don't have the, the time and the energy to do it right. You don't have that, that smile or, that, um, or the patience for it. You don't, you, you're, you're a sharpshooter. You're a straight guy. You don't have time for the nonsense and the recipes and whatever. So it could be that even if you're going to try to do it, you won't be successful. Now, sometimes you try to imitate someone, it just doesn't come out right. Sometimes it, there's a certain chemistry. The mother and the daughter, they just, I don't know, they just share certain things that, they just don't, that your wife doesn't share with her mother and, and it's never going to help you, even if you try. It might, but it might not. And sometimes there's always a thing about you know, my sister, Taka, she gives my, she gives my mother um, a half hour a day, and she sends her all the pictures, and she's busy asking her, I'm just not up to it, I, I don't have a half hour a day. There you go. So you might not be able to do what someone else is doing. No, I said the story a few times already, she heard it from me about the husband and wife, that issue was Yishalayim uh, couple, and, and you know, his, many, in his family was they didn't wear a shaitl, they wore a tichl, and her family they did wear a shaitl. And when they got married, they made up that, that they won't. Right? I heard this from uh, Elder Eden Yishalayim, who dealt with the situation. So, so, okay, so she decided for the shidduch, they didn't have a choice, so she decided she's not going to wear a shaitl, and she's going to wear a tichl. Anyway, it comes a few months after the chasna, she's falling into a depression. What is? She can't handle it, she's going to her family, and everyone's wearing, wearing the shaitl, and they look so nice, and she's wearing a tichl, she feels so ausgespielt, and it's just not working. And slowly she's falling into a deeper and deeper depression. She's staying in bed and she's not eating and it's just affecting the whole house. And he comes to this elderly and he says, what do I do? I say, oh, what should I tell you? If your wife is having this kind of attack and it's not, what can you do? You have to do. And if he says, it's okay. So anyway, that's what happened. He said, listen, my wife is my mom's dysfunctional at this point. Um, she's laying in bed for weeks already. I say, okay, let her put on shite, let her minig, and it's fine. 
Okay, so it was on goes a few weeks by, and the Zingaman's not in health shows. He doesn't like it. What is? I don't know. I don't feel comfortable. My family knows what he's wearing. Shayt, like, home. my wife, she's dressed like this. I, I can't handle it. So what can I, what, what can I do? So he comes to the back to this El Eid. What do I do? He says, I'll tell you what to do. Slowly fall into a depression and start um, laying in bed a lot of time and then don't eat anything. And after a few weeks of doing this, I guarantee you she'll change back. He said, nah, for a few weeks I'm going to lay in bed. Oh, do lick the hint, Bagrum. That's the secret. If she's ready to lay in bed for four weeks and not eat to get things going her way and you're not up to that, then that's the reason why she won and she's able to do what she wants. Now, that was just an example. and I don't mean anything specific. But sometimes somebody's being favored for a reason and it's not only because they're doing something you can't do, they're doing something you don't want to do. And it's possible and you don't have to. I'm just giving examples. I don't know if that's if it's relevant in this case. I'm just saying that very often trying to copy someone and, and get someone's attention the way they're getting it it might not even work. So to invest that much energy in figuring out what you could do, Taka, to get someone else to like you, you know, sometimes you should be wasting your time and, and, and spinning your wheels and doing something not natural and not getting anywhere. So getting back to what the question really was. The question was, what could I do to feel less hurt or resentful or upset? So first of all, there's always a dimension, so let's not forget, there's always a dimension of judging everyone favorably. Okay? There's always a dimension of judging everyone favorably. Now, like I said before, Obviously, when you talk to parents, you tell them that, you know, you try to treat everyone the same way, that they shouldn't feel hurt. But it's always important for children to realize that your parents may not, might not try to be hurt, trying to be hurtful. They might not be realizing what they're doing. They may have a totally different intention. It might be the way you're taking it. You might not even realize it, how much has to do with you. So it's not a question that, you know, it's usually not black and white, but it's definitely being emotionally involved that makes, it, makes a person not able to see things straight. So you might feel that it's obvious that they're treating someone else nicer, they might feel that it's obvious that they're not, and it's usually not all or none, but the fact that you uh, are feeling something you know, a certain way might just add something. So it's very important to realize that. Another thing also, like I said before, the, the, the idea of lo'ilum lo'yishamna is not that you shouldn't actually love someone more, it's that you shouldn't treat them differently. And sometimes you get upset for somebody loving someone more, even though the treatment is not even so different. And you have to realize that, yeah, you know, that's what we learned in the Chemish, right? Yitzchak, oyevus aysev rivka, heivus you see that idea. You see that, that there's such a thing. Yankov and Yosef, right? Yosef Mikol Bonov. He definitely had something with Yosef Atzadik. Now, the problem was that because I'll say with the son is passing, you're on a tree. It's important to understand that, yeah, you also have children, and you may also have a certain favorite, and just be careful not to make it too blatantly obvious, but judge someone favorably. They probably don't mean it, they probably don't realize it, and if bringing it to their attention is not going to help, then, then just, just be a little more understanding of someone else, and it might make you feel a little better, first of all. Um, but what I really want to get to, and this is, this is what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm leading up to, it's definitely nice to be treated well. Okay, I also want to be treated well. I want to be, I want to be treated well by my, by my neighbors, and my colleagues, and my siblings, and my parents, and my in-laws. I, mean, I want to be treated well by everyone. The question always boils down to how dependent are you on being treated well? Now, this is something even in, even in simple relationships like husband and wife, right? You want to be treated well by your spouse. How dependent are you on how someone else is treating you? Some people are more confident and more emotionally healthy and more secure and they're, not less, and they're less dependent on being treated nicely. I want to be very clear about that. Everybody likes to be treated nicely. Even the people who make believe they don't or they don't care. Everybody needs a compliment. Everyone wants to, be feel, everyone wants to feel good. Everyone wants to be sitting near someone who's appreciating their company. Right? Not a question. But there are people who are less dependent on them. They don't get so spielt. It doesn't take them out of their kylim when, they, when they're not being treated so well. It's very important for a person to realize that if you're being overtaken by how someone else is treating you, especially when it's not your spouse, it's actually 
someone a little further than that, then it's always something to think about, you know, maybe I should try to make myself happy, or maybe I shouldn't be so dependent and reliant on how someone else is, is making me feel. Now, in this case, you have a husband and wife who seem to be understanding each other. What could be better than that? You have a husband and wife who are understanding each other. A husband and wife who are agreeing on at least something over here, and they're understanding each other. If husband and wife could give each other the good feeling, and you could both make yourself feel good, and there's a lot of ways to do that, which is not, not what I'm going to elaborate on now, as well as husband and wife making each other feel good, then you should slowly be less dependent on how your mother-in-law is making you feel. And it's a very important point. Sometimes husband and wife either aren't getting enough from each other or are not realizing how much they're actually getting and they're looking for more than that and sometimes the more than that is not coming. And you're upset because you need it so much because for whatever reason you're not feeling like you have what you need right here. And it's very important. Very important. So if a husband and wife are truly understanding each other and they're in a close relationship and they're making each other feel very good, then instead of being your mother-in-law's favorite, be your wife's favorite, and instead of her being her mother's favorite, she'll be her husband's favorite, that's something that should be a lot more fulfilling and satisfying than being dependent on, on, on in-laws uh, treating you, which she happens to have a nice relationship with you anyway, your mother-in-law, it's not like it's abusive. So that's something to think about. Being less dependent on people that are further away from, from us, and if you're going to be dependent on anything, let it be to someone who you're really close to. And that's something that I think people have to really hear and understand, how husband and wife could really be giving each other so much. And sometimes people don't realize how much you could really be giving a spouse. And when you're getting it and you're giving it in a very close way, you'll need very much less from a lot of other people. I know people that aren't being treated well at work or aren't being treated well by siblings. And the fact that they have a very close connection at home is something that's much more gratifying and fulfilling and really does a, a, a job. Now, I want to mention another point, And here already I'm taking a risk because I definitely do not mean this questioner. But I'm mentioning it here because maybe, maybe there's something about it. There are couples that aren't necessarily close to each other or giving each other anything. I shouldn't say anything, giving each other much. Their connection is only on other things. So let me say what that means, okay? And I've seen this many times. You have a husband and wife who really don't get along. They don't get along, they, they, don't, they don't give each other what they need, they don't uh, help each other, they're not, they're not there to make each other feel good, but they're both busy fighting with everyone else in the family. You ever saw that? I've seen this up close a few times already. Husband and wife, they're rarely complimenting each other, they're rarely uh, making each other feel good, they're rarely focused on how much they can give and take from each other in a healthy way, and where do they agree, where do they connect, when it comes to fighting with other people? That's where they're, they're a team. Now they're a team. Everyone's abusing us, everyone, nobody's good to us. So they are connected somewhat, but the connection is not a, a healthy connection. It's not a connection that's fulfilling. Nobody, nobody goes away feeling good. We feel good at least that we're both victims, so we're both identifying with a certain teamwork, but we don't really feel good. So I have no reason to assume that this questioner is only getting along with, um, with his wife, uh, agreeing that the, the mother-in-law is favoring someone else. I have no reason to think so at all. I'm just mentioning that sometimes there's a certain connection that's lacking because even if we're connecting, we're not connecting to each other. It's not punam al punam, it's on something else. I'll tell you another place where you see that, you know, in the, in the Goyish world, okay, Halavai only in the Goyish world, right? Yeah, one of the things that couples do to spend time together, they're going to watch television or watch a movie. Now, sometimes people will look at that like, well, this is quality time, right? We're spending time together. You're not spending time together. You're not spending time together. You're, spending, you're both spending time doing the same thing. You're both, you're both occupied by the same thing. You're both looking at a third, you're both looking at a screen. You're not looking at each other. So after an hour, you think you spent time together, and you may have both laughed at the same jokes, but you didn't spend time together. There was nothing about that that's together. You're both focused on a third thing that's taking both of your attention at the same time. So at least you feel like you're doing something together, and it's probably, at least for a guy who's, who's uh, supposed to be watching these things, um, is, at least you, it's better than, than both watching something else, maybe. Maybe, maybe you'll repeat a joke together, maybe you laugh together, and you know, maybe there's something to it. And sometimes you see this, you have parents who are spending time on their kids, being mechanic together, listen to this, okay? And they're 
both involved with the same chinuch of the children. So they're connecting somewhere. But they're not connecting to each other. The children are the movie. In other words, they're watching the child. They're both helping a child. They're both invested in the chinuch of a child. And yet, they really look at each other. They really have time for each other. They really, uh, they're both complimenting the child. So they're both involved in something else, which definitely is some kind of connection, but it's not punim al punim. And this is the same idea when two people are a team fighting other people. Ramayilach talks about it. Kitesh Hashanah, Koyrech Vadusai. said, Koyrech Vadusai only got along to fight Moshe Rabbeinu. They did get along. There was no Achdus there. They were getting along to fight Moshe Rabbeinu. You see, by the Dara Fluga, they got along to team up Kavyuchal and the Eibishter. That's not called Achdus. Achdus is when people are bound. So if a husband and wife are bound, not only when it comes to other things, but really to each other, and they're very into the relationship, and they're very careful to make each other feel good, and they're very invested in helping each other, and doing for each other, and taking from each other, and being connected, very often that will help you be less dependent on how other people are making you, are making you feel. So that's a very important point. I just want to add one more thing, just to finish over that. This is long enough that I'm talking. Now, one more thing I want to say. Sometimes you're jealous of other people, right? And like in such a case, getting along with parents, married, married siblings with parents, for example. Sometimes, and I don't want to generalize, but sometimes there's nothing to be jealous of. Think about it. Sometimes that sister or that sibling is getting along with a parent because they're not getting as much as they should be from a spouse. Or they're takatu invested in this relationship and ignoring or neglecting other relationships. Sometimes it's coming from being controlled. Maybe that sister doesn't even like it or maybe the mother... But you, you, very often, I'll just say this, very often from experience, you're jealous of a certain relationship which looks good and it's not nearly as good or as healthy as, or as fulfilling as, as it looks. And sometimes if people would be more focused at home and more connected at home, and, and also, you know, definitely keep the volume and all that, but not reliant or not, uh, you know, too, too strongly bound to other relationships, external relationships and things like that, sometimes things would be a lot better. So the Ibsh tells when we connect at home, we'll be less dependent on the Mitzvah, the people, and together have the Shkhan Shri Banayam, that's the glue that sticks us together, and live. Mahabha Shri Banayam.